Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? The Podfather here. Others oh, background noise during this recording. I'm sorry. My uh, roommate had to heel turn against the faucet, so you'll hear running water. But we discussed New Jack's episode of Dark Side of the Ring, Jericho's continued rivalry with Vanguard 1, and he had to release the hounds on him. And of course, we do our predictions for WrestleMania. This is the most intriguing WrestleMania of all time. Enough talk in BC right now. Bulletcast for life. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I'm a 24-year-old piece of gold, the messiah of the microphone of the greatest sports recreational podcast of the world today, the pod father. And yes, just like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, Bebe, Roddy Strong, all those guys, this title reign is still hashtag forever undisputed, f f f f for life brother you know so sometimes i forget i'm the champ i forget i'm the uh the champion of digital media audio you know but i'm i'm never alone when i do digital media audio because he's my tag team partner the jimmy to my j the telly to my arn the stevie ray to my booker t ladies and gentlemen host of the award-winning under the radar host and creative curveballs and chair shots eight-time bullet cast champion first ever bullet cast champion bt the canadian destroyer brandon tan guma how you doing today bt you know, Philip, I'm doing just fine. What is this, like week three of quarantine for us? So I'm losing my mind a little bit, but I'll, I'll, fi- I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll be fine. Yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. These are still uncertain times, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, if you're bored, listen to the show. Let us entertain you. I think that's what this podcast is for now more than ever. Entertainment value. You know, an escape from your reality of quarantine and self-isolation, self-distancing. You know, so come on, let's uh, let's do this. All right. So speaking of podcasting, I listened to Chris Jericho's podcast, Talk Is Jericho, and he had a uh, Nina Noir. She was a uh, she's the lead singer for the Killer Queens, only all female uh, Queen tribute band in the world. She actually was uh, in the in the uh, little locker room area or whatever when I met Jericho back at his concert back in September, and she contracted the coronavirus in in Vegas. You know, she was on his podcast talking about it, and she was talking about how she was quarantined already for like a week and a half before we actually got quarantined three weeks ago. But, you know, she said she's recovered. It's gone. She's passed through it. And I was listening to her talk about her symptoms. She thought she had scarlet fever, and she thought maybe she had a kidney issue, and her doctor wouldn't let her come in. And then she was taking ibuprofen, and then she read that ibuprofen actually makes it worse, so she stopped doing that. It's just, it's a really fascinating listen, you know, so I highly recommend, if you live in the Bay Area or not, just go listen to that, you know, because it's, um, you, you learn about the symptoms, and somebody who's actually gone through it, you learn about the pain uh, that, that is actually entailed with this uh, disease. So yeah, I think I think that's very interesting. Nothing. I mean, and you know, I definitely did listen to this podcast, Philip, but you just covered it so well that I don't really have anything else to add. Wow, wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about Dark Side of the Ring, uh, New Jack. New Jack follows follows us on uh, the gram, you know, friend of the show. Uh, yeah, so he was the, uh, the second story, but really third episode of Dark Side of the Ring. You know, they covered uh, the whole Benoit tragedy. Uh, but yeah, New Jack is a guy that I, I knew he uh, did crazy stuff, and I knew he th- tried to throw a guy off of a uh, a high platform, and the guy landed on his head and cracked his skull open, and I knew, that's all I knew about New Jack, really. You know, as much as I try to be a historian of this business, 
So this was a really good for me who was really just, let's say, a novice about his career, learning that he started in Smoky Mountain Wrestling with uh, James E. Cornette. And, you know, he and uh, I think it was Mustafa, they were the gangsters, and he was just going going off. And I think we had one of his uh, Smoky Mountain promos on the show recently where he talks about, uh, you know, the O.J. Simpson murder trial. I was like, O.J., good job. Two less we have to worry about. Because down in Smoky Mountain, it was a, it was a redneck hick t- uh um, fan base, audience, and, you know, he would be called it the N-word, not the G-A, but that hard R, and he would talk about that, and, you know, and how he uh, wanted to recreate the Rodney King beating, but instead of it, an African-American being beat, it was uh, Ricky Morton, white meat babyface from uh, the Rock and Roll Express, and he and Mustafa were beating him and caning him with a with a police stick and a nightstick and all this stuff. And then he talks about how he went over to ECW and uh, you know really got crazy there. And how he, um, I think the biggest part of the story was uh, the 17 year old kid, you know, who lied about his age, lied about his experience, and you know, I guess he went up to New Jack backstage and was like, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna do this, this, and this to you." And New Jack. He's snorting coke and getting high and drinking. He's all pissed off. And then he slices the kid's head open. (laughs) And he had, like, nerve damage. Couldn't feel anything from, like, I think his forehead down to, like, his neck or something like that. Uh, Brandon, have you seen the new Jack Dark Side of the Ring? And what do you think? If you have seen it. Of course, Philip, I did see it. You know, last week I was hyping this up, saying that new Jack, a crazy character in the world of professional wrestling and I'm glad I learned some things from New Jack. I think I knew, not everything about New Jack, but I knew a lot of the stuff that went down, and nothing really surprised me. There's no real new information. The only thing is I didn't realize that D'Lo was a part of the gangsters down in Smoky Mountain, so that was kind of a fun little aspect that I didn't really understand, I didn't really know about. But uh, for the most part, they kind of, I mean, with New Jack, he has such a long history and such a crazy history that you can't really fit everything in the span of an hour. So that was kind of the disappointing thing is like I kind of wish they went into some – I mean they kind of just glossed over of New Jack's past, you know, like his early history before he even got into wrestling. And even that part is super crazy that like nobody in wrestling really has that kind of history. But uh, if you are interested in this, I know we have a lot more time on our hands. New Jack has written a book. It's through the eyes of New Jack, obviously. So you kind of got a glimpse of what New Jack thinks of himself and all these different situations he's in. And if you kind of, you know, go through that, if you, you know, go through that, uh, those rose-colored glasses of New Jack, because I'm never going to say a bad thing about New Jack, because, you know, he follows us on Instagram, and I don't want him coming for me. But if you want to learn some more things about New Jack's history and his life, go read his book. Highly recommend it. Absolutely. I'm going to have to do that. Uh, yeah, man, you know, maybe maybe we can get New, J- New Jack on the show. I think that would be a fascinating interview. That one's all you, Philip. I'll, I'll, I'll try to... <laughs> you, you, you don't want a piece of the Jack? I'm a little scared. I like how it was named after New Jack City, just something so obvious, but hey, you know, stuff like that works in wrestling. I mean, Razor Ramon is Scarface, you know? <laughs> you know, so it, it just takes stuff from pop culture and bring it into wrestling, it'll get over. Yeah, so um, I, I think it was very fascinating. Then how he wrestled with the, the old guy, and old guy didn't really bump for him, so New Jack tr- literally tried to beat the ish out of him. And his childhood was crazy. His father dies when he's five years old, but he remembers his father stabbing his mother and shooting her in the leg. Like, that's 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 crazy. So that's why New Jack is the way he is. You know, but it's really a fascinating watch. You just I know I've said a lot about it, but you just have to go watch it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Florida has a stay-at-home order. Brandon, what is this? 
Well, it seems pretty self-explanatory. Philip, as the world is shutting down, Florida was one of the last states. I think there's still a few more states that still have not done the stay-at-home order. Over here in California, we've been doing this for about three weeks now. San Francisco, I think, and maybe California as a whole, has extended it all the way through to the to May. But Florida finally has gotten around to uh, doing a stay-at-home order. And the reason we're talking about this is because, obviously, wrestling is pretty much – established in florida with aew and wwe doing it at daly's place in jacksonville doing it at the performance center in orlando obviously aew moved somewhere outside of florida we don't exactly know where i think it's somewhere in georgia because i think cody kind of alluded to that a few times but i think the more uh you know wwe who knows what they're going to do rumors has it they've kind of taped the show after wrestlemania for raw haven't taped the smackdown after mania yet so who exactly knows how this is going to affect the world of pro wrestling that's absolutely true we don't know you know wrestlemania has already been taped in advance so um that's i I don't know what's going to happen man you know uh jericho said on this podcast that it hadn't happened yet and now it's officially happened i know uh, one of my in and out roommates uh she lives in um, Alabama, she said that, yeah, they, they haven't affected that yet. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's interesting. So, you know, it's just interesting to see different parts of the, uh, the country who has the order and who doesn't, who's actually taking quarantine and self-isolation very seriously. I saw a lot more people out yesterday when I was at work than I, we have in the past, like, two weeks, and I'm like, guys, what are you guys doing? You know, stay at home and it'll, it'll blow over, man. We really gotta, we really gotta, uh, enforce that, you know? But uh, you have anything else on that? Not really. I kind of said my piece. AEW seems though they moved to Georgia. Georgia is some is one of those states who haven't done a stay at home order yet. I think AEW has kind of done a better job of kind of doing the social distancing and all that other stuff. WWE, it's WWE. It's the biggest wrestling company in the world. They can you know drop. They can just call up some local promotion at whatever state they want and be like, look, can we like borrow your, your ring and your gym or whatever? We can do some tapings if they want. But I've said in the past that WWE doesn't need to do that. And I think WWE would maybe benefit from doing some sort of off-season, taking a break, and just running some best-of stuff and some documentaries or whatever for the five, seven hours that they have to, you know, that they have to produce content for. Yeah, man, you can have uh, people cut promos from home, do live Skype interviews to, if you do want to continue to forward storylines. And I think just a promo-heavy and throwback show would be good for the next, what, potentially what, four to five weeks uh, of TV that they have until this can officially be over. So, you know, that's, uh, or not officially, but whenever this starts to die down. So I think that'd be something very interesting for them to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, John Cena was on After the Bell this week, and he, uh, he says there's no current WWE superstar that is a draw. I'll read you a little bit of what Cena had to say. It needs what I'm not sure it can produce. It needs a frontman or woman, and that's what will be able to define what the this era is, because it takes one of those personality traits of its top star. The crowd is so mixed, and if the company puts its faith behind an individual, the knee-jerk reaction of the audience is, oh, we have to boo that guy. It's like a F.U., uh, to the person or the performer that is being in that position. I'm not going to read the rest. You can uh, listen to it uh, on the After the Bell podcast. Brennan, what, what are your thoughts on Cena saying that there's nobody that's a, that's a true draw anymore? 
Well, I think I've said it multiple times on this podcast that WWE, sometimes they hurt their own talent by this 50-50 booking. They don't have a true star on the roster. And with Cena, I kind of agreed with him until that last part where he says, oh, the crowd, you know, if they ever try to push a top person, then they just get booed automatically and we don't like them well. Becky Lynch has been pushed as the top woman in the company for the last year and a half or whatever. She hasn't been getting booed all that much. She's been getting over. But then when you go to the men's side, there was Dana Bryan, there was CM Punk. They were kind of the guys that the crowd was getting behind organically. And they, were then, the, they were the indie favorites. And then they push Roman Reigns instead of Dana Bryan. And then the crowd pushes back on that. It's not, I mean, I don't know who Cena is thinking about besides Roman that the crowd is, you know, going against because the crowd gets behind people and then just WWE doesn't follow suit with that because they find, oh, they're too short, they're too fat, they don't have the personality or whatever. I think I know what he's getting at, man. I mean, when WWE comes to town, people are like, oh, I'm going to WWE, you know, I'm just going for the show. When, you know, back in the day, you know, back in the 80s, oh, I want to see Hogan, I want to see Savage, I want to see Warrior, you know? And then in the 90s, you know, the early 90s, you'd probably want to see a Razor or a Sean or a Brett, but then in the in the late 90s, oh, you wanted to see Austin. You wanted to be a part of that pop when that glass broke and everybody's erupting. You wanted to be... Oh, uh, to go see The Rock so you can be a part of the millions and millions of his fans. You see what I'm saying? Uh, I, I understand what he's getting at, but... I mean, and he was a draw for the longest time. People people went to see to see Cena. People went to cheer him, which were the women and kids, and the men who were adolescent into their, what, 40s. They went to go boo John. That's what it was, you know? But, um... I, I don't know. It's... Maybe they'll strike lightning in a bottle, and the whole thing with you said with pushing Roman, I think Vince resorted or resorted back to his uh, old ways. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, he pushed a guy, and if he didn't like it, oh well, the guy was going to keep getting pushed. I think something else is, I, th- I think it's more of the company that's the reason for there not being any stars in the talent themselves because WWE has been burnt in the past with those top top guys with Hulk Hogan leaving Stone Cold The Rock you know not being there forever and I think WWE has kind of realized that since they have a pseudo monopoly on the wrestling business yes AEW is on the come up but when you say wrestling everyone for the most part thinks of WWE so I think WWE knows that they're the they're the big dogs one might say so they push they they push people that they want but for the most part they know people are going to come to the shows because it's WWE not because of some wrestler that's uh, that's that, that's true hit the nail right on the head all right inside of the ring all elite wrestling announced the TNT championship tournament uh, I had a conference call with Cody Rhodes along with many other media outlets uh, months ago, and he said, yeah, we are looking at introducing a secondary championship, and this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not a TV title. It is a network championship. That's interesting. I've I've always wondered, you know, maybe WWE should do like a, a, a TV title or a network title, but I guess uh, AEW beat them, so here we go. This is the bracket, ladies and gentlemen, and this officially starts next week. We have Sean Spears going up against Cody Rhodes. We have Sammy Guevara of the Inner Circle going up against Darby Allin. And then on the other side of the bracket, we have Kip Sabian going up against Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana. 
Uh, this is going to be some awesome matchups. We do have some storytelling resorting back to uh, All Out with Cody and Sean Spears here. And then the little exchanges that Darby and Sammy have had, I think that's really interesting. And the new matchups with uh, Cabana and Archer and um, Sabian and Dustin, I think those are going to be very, very good. What are your thoughts on this bracket and the thought of the uh, network championship? We've been talking about, oh, should should AEW have a secondary title? And, you know, in wrestling in general, there's too many titles. But I do understand why they introduced this title. I, I like the name, the TNT Championship. It's a TV title. They're going to be on TNT for the foreseeable future. So that's a good move on their part. The bracket itself, I think all the wrestlers kind of make sense. And I think the obvious pick would be Cody taking on Lance Archer in the finals. They're hinting, I think, that the finals is going to take place at double or nothing or maybe the go home show i don't know exactly the timetable for this but i think having dustin face lance archer then lance archer beats dustin and then they set something up with cody and darby in the semifinals, and then cody and lance in the finals since that's kind of been a storyline going since lance archer came into the company it's kind of a simple you know kind of chalk uh, bracket for me but it makes sense yeah, I think uh, I think Cody and Cody and Darby would be good because you know they had that match and it was a time limit draw, and then we're gonna talk about what happened with them on AEW this week. I think that would be very good. Oh uh, yeah, man, so I'm excited. What do you uh, what do you think the the title's gonna look like? There's probably gonna be some giant TNT logo. It's a I mean the TNT logo is very circular with TNT in the circle, so they could do something like that. Maybe they have. You know, the TNT be the side plates, and you can have some sort of thing in the middle. I don't exactly know. I'm not a belt guy. I love, love talking designs of championships. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this day in wrestling, we have a lot of stuff. Brandon, are you ready? Stay ready so you don't got to get ready. Raging Cage and WCW, it was the, uh, I th- was this the? I think this was the last match of the trilogy, or the second to last match between Ric Flair and uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Steamboat's the uh, world's champion in this. It was a two out of three falls match. Any thoughts on that? A hell of a match that people should definitely go and watch because all those matches are great. Absolutely. Uh, WrestleMania 11, 1995. Uh, Kevin Nash defeats Shawn Michaels to retain the WWF Championship. We also have WrestleMania 2000, 20 years ago today, with the McMahon in every corner. What are your thoughts on that? The dogs are going crazy. The dogs enjoy the WrestleManias. They, I, I hope they do. SmackDown on this day in 2002, Hulk Hogan officially goes back to the red and yellow, because you know he never liked black. Um. Also, we have the WWE Hall of Fame 2005. Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, The Iron Sheik, Paul Orndorff, Bob Orton Jr., Nikolai Volkov, and Jimmy Hart are all inducted that year. And then we have WrestleMania, what is this, 22. Wait, is that the same? Yeah, WrestleMania 22, 2006. You have uh, Mark Henry versus The Undertaker in a casket match. dun da 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 There's a Raw on this day in 2007, and the Hardy Boys become... Uh, tag team champions. What else happened on this day? Oh yeah, also at that same WrestleMania 22, John Cena defeated Triple H to retain the WWE Championship. Uh, Chris Canyon died 10 years ago today. Wow. Uh, Hall of Fame 2011 for the WWE. Shawn Michaels, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Abdullah the Butcher, uh, Bob Armstrong, Drew Carey, and Sonny. 
they all go in. Any any thoughts on that Hall of Fame class? Shout out, Sonny. Very important question, Philip. Are you a Sonny guy or a Sable guy? Because I've had this talk with my co-host at Curveballs and Chair Shots, Dominic, and he is Team Sable, and I have to, you know, wring his neck saying that it's Team Sonny all day. Um, like Bret Hart, I've had many sunny days. That's a little too much information, but you could have said sunny, but okay. I, I, I have to throw in the wrestling references, I'm sorry. There was a Raw on this day in 2012. This was Brock Lesnar's return to WWE after an eight-year hiatus. You know, he tried out for the Minnesota Vikings, and then he went into MMA, became the UFC heavyweight champion, and then he returned, and what a, what a run it's been since he's been back. You know, he ended the streak, decimated John Cena, almost ended Triple H's career, broke Shawn Michaels' arm, became the Conqueror, the Beast Incarnate, has had amazing matches with guys like Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. Him and Goldbrook had a slobber knocker in 2017 at WrestleMania 33. Yeah, man. What are your thoughts on... Which is also on this day. Yes, Yes, in 2017, on this day, you're right. What are your thoughts on Lesnar's run since he's been back? It's been kind of an up-and-down run, I would say. You know, he comes in, F5's John Cena, then he beats him up at Extreme Rules. Should have won that match, by the way, but similar to Sting and Triple H, you know, the WWE guys got to go over to show their dominance. And overall... I mean... Sorry to cut you off, but I mean, Lesnar was a WWE guy. He may have just left. You know, it's it's okay. It's okay. But John Cena is the ultimate WWE guy. That's that. That is true. That is true. Uh, well, speaking of Sting, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame on this day in 2016. He, along with the fabulous Freebirds, Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen, by the way, I think it was a. Uh, I think he was what nearsighted and couldn't really see his opponent close to him, so he just threw that lariat, man. Yeah, what a what a what a what a trailblazer, what a what a hoss. The Godfather, Big Boss Man, and Jacqueline are also inducted on this day. WrestleMania 33, like we said, Goldberg and the Lesnar battled it out for the Universal Title. Uh, also, in what Roman beat, uh, he beat Taker that night. Yeah, and uh, I think that is it for this day in wrestling, man. A lot of stuff. Well, we're at that time where it's WrestleMania season, so these, you know, this week, last week, uh, there's a lot of WrestleMania, Hall of Fame, Raw after Manias that are going down. Anniversaries, yeah. Yesterday was, what, the 30th year anniversary of WrestleMania six, The Ultimate Challenge. Hogan and Warrior, when it becomes dual champion, Hogan was WWE champion, Warrior was wearing the yellow strap Intercontinental Championship, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Brandon Mania Madness. Let, let's let's get to it. Let's get to it. We're in the final four. It's the end. So we got two Stone Cold ones in the final four, which was a little shocking to me because we don't really think of Stone Cold as the entrance guy. But we got Stone Cold WrestleMania 19 taking on Shawn Michaels for WrestleMania 25. I think Stone Cold's had a good long run, but I think it's time. You know, I've kind of been picking against Shawn Michaels, but I think in this one, I will bow down and say that he. This is an iconic entrance. With an iconic match, Philip. It really is, man. Twenty-five all day. You no, know, I was WrestleMania nineteen. I, I don't shy away from it. It's my favorite mania of all time. I was watching it last night and just walking, watching Austin walk down the ramp. It's it still gives you goosebumps, even especially when you know it's it's his last time. And then when he walks up and salutes the crowd with the middle fingers in the air and his music's playing, it's just it's phenomenal. But I do have to give it to my boy HBK. 
on WWE Backstage. Renee Young, Mark Henry, and Booker T did a watch-along of the Stone Cold Rock match from WrestleMania 19. Amazing. What were their thoughts? They were just kind of going over the match. Kind of, They weren't talking about the match too much. They were more going over kind of the career and legacy of both these guys. But very interesting. It was actually a WWE backstage. Made it on FS1 this time. Kind of a different setup, obviously. They're doing their webcams. And Booker T, I think, needs to step of, up his internet game. A lot of Zoom calls. Maybe we need to switch to Zoom, Philip, instead of doing the Skype. Skype is old school. Yeah, Zoom is Zoom is really taking over the world, dude. I, I, I kind of like it. We'll uh, we'll have to test that out and like on a on a bonus episode to see see how I like it, you know. But uh, who else is on the bracket? So then on the other side, the other final four, we got Ric Flair WrestleMania 24, his last stand in WWE, going up against Stone Cold WrestleMania 13. Literally, the glass shatters as he walks his ass down the ring. All right. Oh man, WrestleMania. Oh, 24, dude. 24. I will go with WrestleMania 24 as well. Ric Flair, iconic. I have the photo in my room. He signed the 8x10 with the blue robe, the fireworks going off in the background. So now, as we make it to the finale, we got that Ric Flair from 24 against Shawn Michaels from 25. I know, Phil, this one might be a little hard. For you because you love both these guys both these entrances so much who are you gonna go with in oh, this case oh my god oh it's brandon who do you got man I, I, it's hard it's hard so i will go with rick flair from wrestlemania 24 iconic i think that just the walk the music the robe just everything you know we've had a ton of other entrances on this list that are super over the top we got you know big old bootios we got snoop dog we got you know fireworks and we got a, a tank but i think i'm gonna go with rick flair iconic i'm go- i'm going with an h2 i mean it's everything that happened within that it's just it just makes sense man rick flair won mania madness bracket for the greatest wrestlemania entrance of all time obviously the goat has got to have the greatest entrance of all time that's true. Nobody had more style and nobody had more profile. You're absolutely right, man. All right. I guess it's time for the fan mail, huh? I guess. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Walker, construct your personal Mount Rushmore. All right, so here, here's what you have to do, though. Your favorite wrestler, your favorite tag team, your favorite female wrestler, and then your favorite manager. Brandon, I'm going to let you start. So for the most part, I think we've kind of had this question, not put them all together, but for the most part, we've kind of talked about our favorites overall. So I think with my favorite wrestler all time, you guys know it's somewhere between Stone Cold, CM Punk, and Dan O'Brien. I think I will go with Stone Cold. I love him. Might not have seen his heyday, but I just love everything that he did. Then my favorite tag team, this one was a little more difficult. I'm not really the tag team connoisseur that maybe I should be. So I think I'm going to go a little more recent. I will go with the Indie Darlings. I will go with the Young Bucks as my favorite tag team just because I kind of saw them for the first time in New Japan and I kind of heard some hype about them. And then just kind of seeing their rise through the years. My favorite female wrestler, I mean, if you guys know, you know who it should be. It's going to be AJ Lee. I love AJ. 
favorite women's wrestler of all time. I don't think it's even really close. And then my favorite manager of all time, technically not a manager right now. He's an advocate. I'm going to go with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously, what he did in the early 90s with East, with WCW, even some stuff he did in ECW, and then obviously the stuff he's doing right now. So Stone Cold, Young Bucks, AJ, and Paul E. There you go. I, I listened to the uh, AEW Unrestricted podcast with the Young Bucks. and do you, uh, do you know how they got their name? Because they are Young Bucks when they were in the business. No, what? Well, that literally, literally uh, they got booked for a show, and the promoter forgot their name, and he was like, "Hey, what are those uh, guys? Those young bucks we got uh, for the show?" So that's literally how they got their name. Fascinating. Um, for me, favorite male wrestler of all time. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, HBK tag team is the Hardys. Female wrestler. It's Trish. It's still Trish. You know that Mania 19 moment when she won the title. It still still gives me chills. And then everything she did with uh, Lita. And then favorite manager. I have. To, I think I have to go Paul Heyman, even though he's quote unquote an advocate. I mean, he's the one I've really seen just have a constant presence. Uh, and his work is good. He's produced a plethora of guys who have become a uh, world champion. So I I I think uh, I think that's where I'm gonna have to go. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Doop, doop, doop. Doop, doop, doop. Doop, doop, doop. All right, a jack of all trades. I'm excited for the TNT Championship Tournament. I loved the NWAs and WCW TV titles back in the day. Can't wait for this. Who do you guys think makes it to the finals and who wins? Uh, we we already talked about that. Um, and it's a it's a network title, not a not a TV title. You know. All right, Alfie Lewis. Jericho yelling, release the hounds at Vanguard 1 and Little Dogs run out was gold. Yeah, we're going to talk about that once we talk about AEW Dynamite. I really did, uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it a lot. Dan, WrestleMania 6 is one of my all-time favorites. It's been 30 years, and the Ultimate Challenge was the biggest thing for me as a kid. What was one of your favorite Mania moments as a child? Uh, Brandon, why don't you go first? As a child, that one kind of hard to to kind of remember so my first ever wrestlemania that I ever watched was wrestlemania 20 and then kind of so maybe like 20 to 23 i would say because i didn't watch four five and six but i think from all of those i think i'm gonna pick maybe from wrestlemania 20 i would go maybe with the undertaker returning being the dead man for the first time because as as a wrestling fan i never saw the dead man i was always just seeing the uh, American Badass, which maybe we'll see at this year's WrestleMania, so I'll be a big fan of that. But I'm going to go with The Undertaker return at WrestleMania 20. Wow. Brandon, do you know what my first WrestleMania I, I watched was? WrestleMania 23. 25. I'd been watching wrestling for years, but my mom never let me order one. And then uh, I'd saved up, I was like 13, I'd finally saved up the money. And, you know, I was able to order it. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, that was my first Mania I ever ordered and watched in full. But I think moment, I, I'm going to go 28, you know, the end of an era. Uh, Taker and Hunter putting everything on the line. The last two Titans from that Attitude Era with Sean as the referee. In that moment when they're standing, um, I, I know I'm in my adolescence, not my childhood at the time, but they're standing on the stage and they're looking out at the sea of the 75, 80,000 in uh, Miami that night. It was just it was something special, man. It really was. I was a huge fan of it. All right. Hootie Who 420. Hootie Who. Mates, this is going to be the most bizarre mania of all time. How many weird camera cuts do you think we'll get? Brandon? Well, that's just 
what we're waiting for. It's a completely pre-taped show. We saw something like that with the Elias thing. We're not going to talk about SmackDown, but by God, Elias taking the bump off of the, the NXT announce stage thing and then dying, but not dying, was so idiotic. I'm hoping that we don't get a lot of stuff like that at WrestleMania. I'm hoping that for the most part it's straightforward. The only ones I'm going to give some leeway with will be the John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Firefly, Funhouse match. I'm a little scared that the Boneyard match, because I think that's going to be filmed offside as well. They might do some stuff with that. But, you know, for the most part, in ring wise, with these pre taped shows, they haven't done anything stupid. Now, when it came to that angle with Baron Corbin and Elias, that's when it kind of irks me that maybe they're going to do something similar at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's a that's a possibility. You know, I thought it was going to be a graveyard match or a buried alive or something, something like that. But you know, it's 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 the American it's the American badass that I think we really are going to get, and we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about Taker's promo, and yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see, man. All right, was that it? All right, let's go to the Instagram real quick, and let's let's just see. Let's see what we got. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, this is from uh, Simply C-O-K, one of the people from NoDQ.com. What do you guys miss the most about uh, wrestling during this difficult time? Stay safe. Fans. Miss fans? You miss going to shows? Obviously, I miss going to shows. I miss going to sporting events. I should have gone to like five A's games by now, and yet I don't even know when baseball's coming back. I don't even know when sports are coming back. Philip, I'm going crazy right now. Dude, it's okay, man. It's 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 okay. And she, she said, stay safe. Cindy, I hope you stay safe. All right. And Brightest Day X, the graphic designer for the BC. Yesterday was his birthday, so happy belated birthday, man. Uh, you know who he shares a birthday with? Do you know? Do you know? No. If you were to build a sports entertainer from the ground up, he would look just like Randy Orton. Happy happy belated birthday, Randy. The big 4-0. Going to give Randy a birthday shout-out? Happy birthday, Randall Keith Orton. There you go. All right, is anyone, uh, is anyone else surprised Vince didn't book himself against the coronavirus? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I mean, Vince beat God. Unfortunately, at uh, Vince's later age, I think if he were to go one-on-one with the coronavirus, I think the coronavirus is going over. I don't know, man. You know, Vince, Vin, Vince still has a little bit left, man. I'm telling you. I'm, I, I think he can. I think he can get the job done. All right. What else does he say? Who do you want to see replace Roman in the Universal Title match? I think Jeff Jeff Hardy would be interesting, or they could create a stipulation where whoever wins the Firefly Funhouse match goes to face uh, Billy Boy, which would give the Fiend his win back. Maybe. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I haven't been looking at any spoilers. I don't know anything about what happened at WrestleMania. When Roman first dipped, the rumors and innuendo was that it was going to be Braun Strowman, which, I mean, it kind of makes sense. He's kind of the lone guy. Him and Jeff Hardy were the two guys who don't have a match that could go and face Goldberg. But, I mean, I think if it was my pick, I think I would just go with Jeff Hardy because I think Jeff is more susceptible to lose. And I think at the end of the day, Goldberg will retain and he'll have the, t- the championship because they're going to want to have Roman beat Goldberg and have that, you know, that moment. Unless if Goldberg's contract, you know, stipulated that this was the end and he doesn't want to do this, 
ever again or you know hold on to it for a couple more months till we do something at SummerSlam. But my pick would be Jeff Hardy. You could do something else, but I just think Jeff Hardy is a safe pick to lose to Goldberg, and you don't really have any collateral damage. Uh, you know who I want to see face Goldberg at uh, WrestleMania? Hulk Hogan. I don't Coronavirus! Know. Coronavirus! I'm telling you, shit is real! Shit is getting real! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Oh, so Cardi B can cuss on the podcast, but I can't? Honestly, I I haven't I've never seen that clip pass coronavirus. I've never seen it past that point. I'm I'm be honest with you, I didn't know that was happening. All right, a uh, raw recap: The Undertaker's promo. You know, he calls out Alan Jones, and he says, "You're gonna pay for talking about her," meaning his wife Michelle McCool. And he says that AJ's mad because Michelle does the Faith Breaker better than he does the Styles Clash. Thoughts on Taker's promo? One of the best he's cut in years. Okay, so I hope this doesn't confuse anybody. I thought the promo itself, the stuff he was talking about, was trash. I didn't like it. It's continuing on with this, you know, shoot-style promos that him and AJ are going back and forth with. But the delivery, the way Undertaker came across, the way he was, you know, carrying himself, I thought was fantastic. So if you kind of just even it out where I hated the stuff in the promo, but I loved the delivery, it was a mad promo. But... Undertaker, I thought this aspect of him, as we've kind of hinted at, maybe it's going to be the American Badass or it's going to be Mean Mark Calloway. Who knows what exactly is going to happen at WrestleMania. But uh, I thought it was a good start to the to the show. A lot of great promos on this episode, which I enjoyed. And that's kind of what you have to do because I don't think the wrestling is going to carry the show. And that's what kind of worries me about WrestleMania because there's so much empty arena wrestling. Yeah, I mean, the, the, ever since Pike's, uh, Pike, Punk's Pipe Bomb all those years ago, this has kind of been the, the style, you know, the uh, the worked shoot element of stuff. And, you know, it's, it, it, it is what it is. This is just the era we live in, man. Like, another worked shoot promo was Edge. You know, we talked about how Adam Copeland is a junkie for Edge. No, he's just a junkie for this business. And he, he went on to say... Uh, basically, with the dirt, he said everybody's talking about it, and he goes on to say that um, you know, this is the best work that Randy's done in years. You know, he's Edge basically said you're better when I'm here. The last time you were this great was nine years ago. I'm like, oh wow, that was that was some that was interesting. What are your take? What's your take on the Edge promo? I love this Edge promo. Now you kind of compared the two between Edge and Undertaker. Now with this worked shoot style promo, I thought it works a lot better because it doesn't really undermine the opponent. You kind of take a little bit from reality and you kind of put in the work style of wrestling. And I think that that's what made this promo a lot better than the Undertaker promo. Deliveries on both ends were fantastic, but I think the Edge's uh, the stuff he had to work with was so much better. And as I keep saying, you know, this is the best I think Randy's been in a long time. And I think I said on Curveballs and Chair Shots that this is the best thing that uh, Randy's been doing in 10 years. So, Edge, big fan of Curveballs and Chair Shots. Wow, that's that's great, you know. Is that a rated R podcast? Because he's a rated R superstar. Oh, yes, it is very rated R. If you well, haven't it- listened to the last episode... Hydra kids. Is there is there more talk about defecation in Jack in the Boxes? No, but we talked about some. I'm not going to get into this podcast. Oh, uh, tell me, tell me off air. Well, well, I mean, if you just look at the podcast and you look at the title, then you'll understand. So maybe Philip, if you want to just look it up real quick, and you'll understand. I'll look it up while you tell us what Becky Lynch had to say in her promo on Raw. 
Well, Becky Lynch came out onto the stage and she kind of talked a little bit and then she threw to the Mania main event match with the triple threat, which I thought was a little awkward. I think maybe the announcers could have thrown to the match and then Becky comes out after the fact. And so then she says that, oh, I haven't watched that match back in such a long period of time. And it's like, really, do we expect her to sit there for 50 minutes or however long that, that match went on with all the commercials and everything? But after the fact, she cut a promo talking about Shayna Baszler and how Shayna needs to get this win because she's trying to get out of the shadows of Ronda Rousey. And then Shayna comes out, lays out Becky, chokes her out, takes her title, putting Becky in peril for their WrestleMania match. I thought it was a good promo, I think. Uh, definitely weaker than the Edge promo. Maybe on par, maybe a little bit better than the Undertaker promo. But... Overall, I thought it was good. I think it was a little weaker than what Becky's been doing lately. But I've been really high on what she's been doing lately. But overall, uh, it was a, a solid segment to build this match. Double murder and cock rings. Um, I, I, I get the double murder part due to the Benoit dark side of the ring. Where does the second part come from, Brandon? Enlighten us. Well, I mean, we, we've already gone down the... Uh, the, the the hole because you, you said the thing on the air. I thought you weren't going to say it. I thought you were just going to allude to it, but we're just going to say that you know, it has to do with someone's Christmas present. Oh. Yeah. You know, that that brings me back to the DX uh, parody we did with a uh, member of the other guy. Who? The, the other guy that used to be on this show with us. You know, we did the DX State of the address, Union Address parody and all that stuff, and we, we said the word you know, we said cock, but we couldn't say cock, you know what. Yeah. Cock and balls? Cock sucker? I, th- I think that's what it was. We've gone downhill, you know. It's, it's, in the, wor- in the world of work shoots, this is, th- this is a shoot, brother. This is a straight shoot. Yep, doop, doop, doop. All right, Alistair Black defeats Jason Cade. Jason Cade got a little bit of offense, but Black hits that black mass. Uh, push my boy Alistair Black, please, when we get some uh, fans back. That that'd be great. Just so though they could pop for whenever you just kick somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. I'm second that for the Alistair Black push. There we go. All right, Kevin Owens, the Street Profits, the Raw Tag Team Champions. They defeat Seth Rollins, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory. Theory is replacing Andrade because Andrade uh, sustained an injury on one of the uh, previous episodes of Monday Night Raw. So Andrade will be replacing Theory in the uh, tag title match at WrestleMania. Uh, Austin Theory, another guy that's younger than me, and I feel like I've wasted my life. Theory has been on NXT a few times. He's been the Evolved Champion, and I haven't really been sold on him quite yet. He has definitely the look that everyone would want in the wrestling business, but I think thus far I'm not completely sold on him being you know, the next big thing, but... I think at this time in this situation, it was just of who could we pick who lives in the area and can come on down and do these tapings. So I think Theory, you know, he's not super in the NXT storylines right now, so you can just kind of pluck him out and not affect NXT too much. And yeah, I mean, it is what it is at this point, so I'm not going to bash on Theory or WWE too much for this decision, but I understand why they did it. No, yeah, it gives the guy an opportunity, and I think he's like, oh, man... I want to say he's like 22, or uh, or or, or something something like that, and I think he like became a pro when he was like 18. So that's about what what 
maybe maybe four or five years he made it to the to WWE so that's a, that's that's pretty good on his part you know normally it takes people quite some time but we're in a different era now to where you know you can just go straight to the performance center and learn the craft there yeah he's 22 years old born 1997 so he'll turn 23 this year so congratulations to him Oh, he's only been doing this for four years. Wow, yeah. See, that's that's incredible. That, that really is. And last up to close Monday Night Raw, we had Paul Heyman cut a promo discussing Drew McIntyre. I thought that this was one of Heyman's better promos in a while. And once again, kind of the shoot style of saying for the longest time, Brock Lesnar's is the go-home segment on the go-home show going into WrestleMania, and he goes goes back and forth, and he puts over McIntyre a little bit, but then also puts over Brock, so it's very, you know, uh, formulaic promo from Heyman, is what you would kind of think of what he was going to say about both McIntyre and Lesnar, but I thought it was really good, and excellent way to close out the show with a bunch of excellent promos, and we didn't even talk about Kevin Owens, a fantastic promo, when he talked about uh, Seth Rollins just kind of calling him out on his, since we can cuss now, on his bullshit, all the stuff he was saying the week before in Seth Rollins' promo, so not going to ignore KO's promo, I thought that was fantastic as well. Wow, you're really just uh, going for all the, all the cuss words there, eh? Oh uh, yeah, Drew McIntyre. He was recently on In the Click with Baby Huey and Bimbo Jimbo, good friends of the show. And you know, he talked about uh, what's going to happen with uh, WrestleMania being no fans and potentially the biggest moment of his career, winning the WWE Championship, the title of record, and uh, there being no fans in the audience. Will he do it? We'll find out in a little bit. I don't know, man. You know, he was on In the Click right before he won the Rumble, and so maybe, maybe Huey and Jimbo were a good luck charm for him. But we're the real good luck charms. Oh, yes. Uh, we, we have a great track record of guys or people just going on to become successful. Zicky Dice, NWA TV champion. Chris Van Vliet got signed with AEW. Uh, I, I talked to Jake Atlas about doing an interview. Never actually interviewed him. Made his debut on NXT this week. I just talked to J- uh, uh, Jacob Fatu about an interview. He won the MLW championship. I don't even have to actually interview people. I can just talk to him about it, man. You know? I talked to Chris Bay about something. Now he's with Impact, you see? You see, man? I'm out here. I am out here. I did have a, uh, a wrestler who I've interviewed before came in my store yesterday, so look forward to he and I doing something down the line later on uh, in the next couple months when all this is blown over. All right, AEW Dynamite! Uh, we're gonna talk about the recap of this show. Uh, it was it was in a different location, it wasn't in Daly's place. It had a different had a different feel, and I liked that. I do think this episode was better than last week's because the uh, the um, wrestlers who weren't on the show were back around the ring, and I, I think they need to just keep doing that because it does add it does add to the uh, the flavor of what they're trying to do. So we have Kenny Omega, the one half of the AEW champions, and the AAA Mega Champion defeats Trent from the Best Friends, Brandon. I thought this match was, you know, really good. Goes 19 minutes. I wish maybe they did something beforehand. Maybe, you know, put this match later on in the show. Have some promos. Have a little explanation for why this is going down. I think Trent has been in this position. I think once or twice before where he's had kind of a standout singles match in AEW. But I just kind of wish that they kind of put over Trent and kind of given us a reason for why this match was happening. That being said. You know, fantastic match, and I agree with you that the setting of the wrestlers who aren't wrestling at ringside, given a little bit of noise to the matches, definitely does help. 
Yeah, you got to see what I think Austin and Billy Gunn were there. Uh, by the way, check out Billy Gunn on the AEW Restricted Podcast. I'm listening to that right now, and Brandy Rhodes was on there today. Just they're doing a, they're doing a great job. They might beat us in the podcast game, Brandon. We may we may have to retire. I mean, we just talked to Cody and Brandy at the Cow Palace a few years ago, and look, now they're running their own company. See, I I know I had cigars with Cody the day after Double or Nothing, and he may potentially win the TNT Championship. You see, you see what happens, man. You know, we got we got the Midas touch. We we do we do. Uh, I I really did enjoy this match. You said it went about nineteen minutes and how many seconds? 19 minutes and three seconds because pretty much as soon as kenny hits that one wing angel they did the one minute call absolutely there you go that's how you got to do it uh, i really did enjoy this i love the best friends theme song kenny omega you know he, i think he's starting to pick back up you know the kenny omega evolved that, that was in japan um but uh his theme song just doesn't do it for me i'm sorry man that's that's one of my biggest gripes with AEW. some people's theme music and um the the woman's division still Speaking of the women's division, Hikaru Shida defeats Anna J. Good for her. Nobody got her announced for her, but I did like the little altercation between Shida and Britt Baker at the ringside. I just love Britt Baker eating a, what, a, what was that, a chicken sandwich? Oh, gotta stay healthy. Gotta stay healthy, man. Chicken sandwich, just uh, no, no condiments, no mayo. You know, you can do mustard because mustard's zero cows. But uh, yeah, man, I gotta gotta get the protein and some some carbs in you. I understand. All right, Lance Archer makes his debut on AW and he defeats Marco Stunt. Uh, tell us about the match and the Jake Roberts promo before the match. I'm um, just another very methodical promo from Jake the Snake before Lance Archer comes out. That was good. Still calling out Cody and kind of going after Brandy a little bit for some odd reason, but overall. A very, not a squash match, but Archer definitely got the upper hand on Stunt for a majority of the match. I think maybe he took one or two bumps the entire match, Stunt doing some things. You know, he he was selling for a majority of it, but then in the end, Archer gets the win, and then he yeets Marco Stunt out of the ring, over the barricade, into the crowd at ringside, and yep, putting over Archer strong before his first round matchup next week or two weeks from now. Which was a better yeet, uh, Lance Archer to Marco Stunt or Keith Lee to Adam Cole? I would say Lance Archer and Marco Stunt. I know a lot of people like the Keith Lee Adam Cole spot, but I just felt like that was too contrived. Like you can definitely tell that Adam Cole put some ass into it and jumped ten feet into the third row. That's uh, that's how you have to do it, man. Did you see Marco Stunt at a uh, double or nothing or Starcast rather? I have not. Uh, yeah, he uh, he walked past me when we I went to the karaoke thing, and yeah, that <laughs> that is a small man. <laughs> that is a small man. All right, uh, Le Champion is um, not at Dynamite because, you know, he's, you know, I guess staying quarantined, self-distancing or whatever. And uh, yeah, he's in a hot tub, you know, having a little bit of the bubbly. And uh, he talks about uh, the elite and gives them all nicknames, and he... Makes a reference to that tiger thing that's on Netflix. Um, yeah, and then Vanguard 1 comes into the background, and Jericho gets out of the hot tub. He had leather pants on. Why? He's Le Champion. He's a rock star. He can do whatever the hell he wants. And, you know, he tells Vanguard 1, you should join the inner circle. You know, think about it. And he hands him a little uh, T-shirt that's on a hanger, hangs it on Vanguard 1, 
And uh, Vanguard one flies away and is like, hey, get back here. And he says, release the hounds. And little dogs run out. And I <laughs> I popped for it. I did. Still still, still one of the best on the mic. Jericho's still entertaining as all hell 30 years later, man. It's crazy. I thought this was quite enjoyable. I think a lot of people might not like it because I think Chris Jericho has kind of gone a little too far maybe with this whole comedy shtick but i think if at this point if it's going to be jericho and matt hardy and i think you just kind of got to lean into it to just kind of go all in and be crazy and maybe jericho reigns it in a little bit i mean if we go to the moxley hager package i thought that was very well done and jericho was in that and he was very serious so i think jericho when he wants to he can be super serious and be taken seriously but i think right now him and matt are just having fun with it yeah, I don't. I don't think it's too silly. I mean, he made like he he legit got people to cheer from when he wrote somebody's name on a piece of paper. <laughs> you know, like he, he, Jericho's at the point he can do whatever the hell he wants, man. You know. Hello. We got some eight AW ratings. They six hundred eighty-five thousand people. So. They're going uh, in the wrong direction, going a little down. But strange times we're living in where, you know, everything's going down because everyone's watching the news and Cardi B coronavirus meme. That's, that's, that, that is true. It's, that audio has made its way onto TikTok, apparently, ladies and gentlemen. So if TikTok has really blew up since everybody's self-isolating, man. I have broken down, and as a 25-year-old man, I have joined TikTok. <sighs> Why would you do that, Brandon? I haven't posted anything. I just watched the videos. Oh, okay. Uh, you might need to make one, dude. You might need to make a video and put it out into the interwebs for everybody to enjoy. You and Dominic should do one. That'd be great. Technically, it's not my TikTok. It's my dog's TikTok because, you know, I'll, like, post a video of her and then we're going to go TikTok famous because that's how you do it. You gotta, if, you're, if you're a dude, you got to just have a, a dog or cat TikTok. Yeah, there you go. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, my friend has a cat, so maybe I'll make a TikTok for her cat. There you go. There we go. All right. (laughs) Get those TikTok plays. Get those TikTok plays on that pussy. Oh, God, we're going downhill. We're going to be canceled. We're going to have to join cancel culture. Joseph Ryan and and RVD and Katie Forbes from Impact. Oh, God. All right, the Natural Nightmares. Uh, consisting of Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall, accompanied by Brandy Rhodes. They defeat 8 and 9 from the Dark Order. Before we get to that, let's talk about Brody Lee's continued um, shots at Vince McMahon. So now they're in a boardroom, he's wearing a suit again, and he... he I, rem- I, I know the, the... What was it? The yawning one? He said, you know, that makes you weak, you know? And stuff like that. What are, what are your thoughts on what Brody Lee's doing, man? Not the biggest fan of it. Not liking him doing all these different Vince McMahon-isms. I think it just kind of seems like a little bit of sour grapes, I would say. And I think for him, just do something different. Don't. It's kind of low-hanging fruit going after Vince McMahon. And I think the next episode, I'm going to call it, the next episode is someone's going to stick their hands in the peanut jar. Or in the peanut whatever bowl. I think he's gonna say that's that's good shit, pal, or something of that reference. I, I think I think that's where they're gonna go. All right, we shall see. We shall see, or maybe he'll talk with a southern twang because apparently Vince loved that. Oh no, we'll we'll see. But thoughts on the natural nightmares defeating eight and nine? 
it was okay. I mean, Dustin getting a win. I like that QT. He's kind of a job guy, so just I guess giving him a win kind of establish him a little bit. And then with the the Dark Order guys getting lost, Brody Lee comes out, you know, beats up one of them. I mean, it makes sense. It wasn't too. It didn't, you know, it wasn't too. In I don't even know what the hell I'm trying to say. We're going downhill, Philip. I'm losing my mind out here. Quarantine. Yeah, man, that's 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 that that is happening. That is happening. Uh, it was it was okay. It was fine. Nobody got hurt. This so we can ask for. Moving on, Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara defeat Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen. Uh, this is a pretty solid match. You know, Cody and uh, Sean's history. And Sean's like grabbed a chair, like maybe you know calling back to, oh, I'm gonna do it again. You know, because he's the chairman. Anyway, uh, Sean rolls up Darby Allen, and then Darby gets upset and throws a nice forearm at Cody, and Cody takes the bump, and he's on the ground because uh, Dar- Cody wasn't there when Darby was getting pinned. So, yeah, getting some heat going into uh, this uh, TNT Championship tournament. Man, I love it. Stories are developing, man. Yeah, good, solid match. Goes almost a half hour, and, you know, telling stories. You got Cody taking on Spears, so I would assume Cody wins, and then setting something up between Cody and Darby. I don't think this is a, a heel turn from Darby. I think he's kind of that character that he can do some sort of dastardly thing, but people are going to still like him. He's the lone wolf, so he just kind of does whatever he wants. So it's not a, I'm not going to say it's a full-blown heel turn, but it's just a little something to tell a story later on down the line. It's just giving him his character more depth. That's that's all it is. Oh uh, yeah. So superstar spotlight. Uh, I I think we can do that for for WrestleMania when we talk about that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the most intriguing WrestleMania of all time. Yes, and I've made the executive decision, the executive order, that we will be doing recap shows for night one and two of WrestleMania this year. The first time ever there would be a two day mania. A lot more content from your boys, man. A lot more content from us. So with that being said, we are about to start our predictions for this. Let me get the notepad ready. Brandon, this is uh, this, this is going to be a lot, man. There are 16 matches on this card. How do, how do you feel about that, by the way? Not the biggest fan of it. I kind of wish they did just one show, one short three-hour show. You could just put the title matches, put the Firefly Funhouse, the AJ Undertaker match. You would add plenty. But no, it's going to be basically two long WrestleManias. I don't know. I'm a little scared that both these shows are going to be about four hours long. Absolutely. But that being said, first up, we have Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. This is with uh, Mandy Rose and Dolph's corner. This is, this is Dolph's first ever one-on-one match at WrestleMania. It's against Otis. I'm going Ziggler. I will go with Otis. They haven't really told the story of Mandy like getting smartened up that Otis wasn't the one that sent the text message, but I think they're going to do something here. Otis gets the win. Maybe he wins Mandy's heart back, but I'm going to go or, with Otis. Or she knew all along she was just playing Dolph. Mm. In the end, Otis is going to get the dub. Oh, there you go. All right, we have King Corbin going up against Elias... I have Corbin. I will go with Corbin as well. I think he needs to get a win after all those losses to Roman Reigns. Elias, yes, you know, it's a baby face that could get the win to WrestleMania, but I just don't really see Elias doing all that much going forward. All right, next up, really random match. Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. I'm going with Aleister Black. Yes, Aleister Black needs to win because... 
just keep them strong, and hopefully they do something with them after. Absolutely. Women's Tag Team Championships, the Kabuki Warriors are going up against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I think Twisted Bliss wins. I believe their name is actually Bliss Cross Applesauce, I like, so I'm with them I, to win. I, I like calling it Twisted Bliss because Nikki Cross is kind of crazy, and Alexa Bliss's last name is Bliss, and Twisted Bliss is her finisher, so it just makes sense. But you're going to uh, Bliss Cross? Bliss Cross Applesauce, shout out Sean with Thicky Cross again the dub. There you go. I miss, I miss Sean. We're going to have to get him back on the show sometime. All right. We also have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Miz and Morrison are defending the tag titles on a ladder match against the New Day and the Usos. Uh, looking back at it, you know, Miz, he's won Money in the Bank, so he's experienced in ladder matches. So, I, th- I think I'll go Miz and Morrison. This one, I don't really know what's going to happen. It can go either way. I'm going to go, just to be different, I'll go with the Usos to get the win. I think the New Day have kind of been there, done that. I think it's been a while since the Usos have won the, the titles. And I don't even know, if, like, is, is this match still going on because the whole Miz being sick thing? I, I don't know. I'm just going to go with the Usos. Yeah, we're, we're really uncertain. We don't know. All right, next up, the Raw Tag Team Championships. The Street Profits going up against Austin Theory and Angel Garza. I got the Profits retaining. I would go with the Profits as well with this makeshift team of Theory and Garza. Maybe Theory gets the, you know, takes the pin here and maybe he just goes on back to NXT, but I'm going to go with the Street Profits. All right, the Intercontinental Championship, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Oh my God, this should be some kind of grappling match. I heard Sam Roberts say that this should be on, like, wrestling mats. Some kind of grappling match. I think that'd be interesting. Um, hmm. I think I'll go Sami Zayn. Then I would go with my boy Daniel Bryan. Just give him 20 minutes and stay out the way. There we go. There we go. All right, next up, Firefly Funhouse match. John Cena versus The Fiend. I have The Fiend. I have The Fiend as well. As I said earlier, I don't know what this entails. I would assume out of all the matches on this card, this will be the craziest use of you know cuts and edits and everything, which I'm okay with because it is kind of in The Fiend's nature to do stuff like that. And Fiend gets his win back, and John Cena can maybe... Well, Hollywood's kind of shut down too, so maybe Cena comes back and he does some more things with WWE in the, in the near future. Uh, you never know. All right, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. I've, all this has to lead to Kevin Owens winning, right? I believe so. I'll go with Kevin Owens as well. I think you have Sami Zayn and Dana Bryan one night and have this match on another night, just kind of two palate cleansers, well, Kevin, two really good wrestling matches. Kevin in his promo said Saturday, so this is, uh, I, I believe this is going on night one. I mean, yeah, we don't exactly know what the layout is. I kind of wish they did something similar to New Japan, where they just give you all the matches and the order and when it's all going to happen, but that's WWE for you. Leaving you out to guess. That is WWE. All right, the Boneyard match. The Undertaker versus AJ Styles. The Phenomenal One versus the Phenom. I have the Dead Man going over. The master of a unique offense. This one... could go either way, but I just think with The Undertaker, just have him win. 
I could see the argument for having AJ Styles win, but it's like if you're going to have the Undertaker lose at WrestleMania, I feel as though you should maybe put over someone younger and have you know get the rub from it a little bit more. So that's why I was kind of up for Aleister Black being a person to face Undertaker this year because I could see him winning, but I just think have Taker win, and then it just. The only thing is I don't like what it's doing to AJ because AJ has been losing to Taker so much, and then he's gonna he's been burying him, saying that he's this old man, and then this old man just gonna come out and beat him. Eh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right, the SmackDown Women's Championship: Bailey defends against Lacey Evans, Tamina, Naomi, and Sasha Banks in the elimination match. Uh, I saw the was it the go home segment to this uh, this little match feud. Tamina looking kind of thick, man. I think I think we're just gonna go for it in this. In, in this episode, where we just, gonna, just lay it all You're going to risk line. it for the biscuit? Hey, man. Risk it for the biscuit, yep. Absolutely. I'm going Bailey, though. Okay, I'll be a little different. I don't really know too much, but I'm just going to go on a limb. I think it's between Bailey and Sasha, so I will give it to Sasha. Uh, how do you like the remix on Sasha's theme song? I like it. I like the opening beat. I think it's maybe a little bit of an upgrade. I think you got some Snoop Dogg in there as well. So I think that's always been something that Sasha should utilize, the connection with Snoop Dogg. And I think it's a good good little remix to her, her theme. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next up, the NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. I got Charlotte. Now, this match, I've been kind of disappointed with the build. They haven't done too much in recent weeks. I mean, they had the thing outside the performance center where just Charlotte beats up Rhea, and that was it. That's really all we've really seen. I think you just keep it on Rhea. I'm going to go with Rhea to retain. I'm not very confident on that pick, but I just think you have her beat Charlotte. You have her go over, and you just kind of have this be like an advertisement for NXT. Maybe Charlotte still can end up in NXT, but... Yeah, I'm not too confident on this one. All right, next up is the Raw Women's Championship. The man Becky Lynch defends against Shayna Baszler. Um, let's say Becky does beat her. Then who's left? Who's left to to challenge Becky? She's beat everyone. Ronda Rousey comes out and points. Points at what? <laughs> she just points because that's what Ronda does when she comes back. Oh, that's that's true. Uh, Brandon, who do you got, man? As much as I love Becky, you know, giving that Becky and all that good fun stuff, I'm going to go with Shayna. I think the original plan was Becky and Seth to kind of take this time off after WrestleMania for their honeymoon or whatever, their wedding. But with that being said, I think they're going to still ride it out, give the Shayna the win. And I think, as you said, Becky's kind of run through everybody at this point. So have Shayna win. Becky can kind of go off get humbled and maybe SummerSlam is that return for you know wrestling with fans have that match maybe Becky gets her win back maybe Ronda comes out and does some stuff but I think Shayna gets the win and takes the title off of my girl Becky I'm gonna go with Baszler as well I, I don't see a point in Becky having the championship any longer it was a, it was a pretty decent run except for the four months she feuded with Lacey Evans you know uh, yeah, moving on from that, Edge versus Randy Orton. Edge's first singles match back in nine years. It's last man standing. I have the rated R superstar. I got Edge as well. This has been kind of a blood feud. Obviously, Edge got to get his win after Randy Orton tried to kill him and his wife. 
Yes, all right, ladies and gentlemen, the Universal Championship, Bill Goldberg, is defending against someone. Brandon, let's, let's, let, let's, let's, uh, let's pick a guy, and if it's that guy, we, we get a point regardless if we get the outcome right. If you get the guy right and the outcome, you get two points. How about that? Spice it up. Sure, Philip. You're the you're the title guy. You can make up all the rules you want. That's my show. I can. You're damn right. Brandon, who are you picking? Well, I think regardless of who it is, I think Goldberg ends up winning. But I think Goldberg will face Braun Strowman, which scares me because I don't think Goldberg can get Braun Strowman up for a jackhammer. That that would be really, really. That would be interesting if they finally gave it to Strowman in front of no one. What would be the purpose though of getting him like the, you know? Or I could I could see Goldberg walking out and like who's next and then, bro. Oh man, that's enticing. I kind of want to say it, but I don't. But then I don't think I don't know of anybody else, man. I don't know of anybody else on the roster who who can do that. Oh Jesus, Brandon, I hate to do this. I might have to go Braun also, man. I, just looking looking SmackDown roster wise, I don't like Gulak's doing his thing with Daniel Nakamura and. Uh, and and Cesaro are with Sammy, you know Roman's not there. Uh, they, they really don't have any baby faces like that. New Day's tied up, so I, yeah, man, I I think I'm about to go Braun as well. But who gets the dub? I picked Braun. <laughs> you know, you kind of cut. I couldn't hear anything you were saying. I, I picked Braun. All right, so yeah, we'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, last up, it is the title of record. It is the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar defends against Royal Rumble winner Drew McIntyre. I have Brock Lesnar retaining the WWE title. Now, I was thinking Brock Lesnar is going to retain. Drew McIntyre hasn't gotten really a promo this whole time he's been we've been doing this empty arena format i think they even advertised he was going to be there and then he just never really did anything yes he did like that sit down interview but that's something i think they did you know like three weeks ago or a month ago now now philip i'm going to ask you i'm going to ask for the uh, the scorecard on this one i would like to know how many different matches do we have picked because i will be that person and if it is like a tie right now i would just go for drew mcintyre just for the hell all right, let me see. How many do we have different? Ooh, let's let me go full screen on this. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, five out of sixteen. So five. So five out of sixteen. If I do that, that makes it makes it six. Maybe we tie. Screw it. I'm just gonna play it safe. I think Brock Lesnar still retains. I think that's the way I was thinking going into it. 
I think you saved that for similar to what I said with Becky. Have it for SummerSlam or some other time when there's actually going to be a crowd. I think they can do something to where Drew gets something even though he loses just because Brock has been squashing so many people in like five minutes. I think Drew hangs in there for like 10, 12 minutes, but in the end he, he loses. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think he comes close, but doesn't get the job done. This, uh, this has really lost its mojo without the crowd. SummerSlam, make it a hell of a card. Make it stack. I mean, don't stack it. Like, don't put hella matches on it. I mean, make the stories and the rivalries and the matches really good. A nice, solid amount of matches, like nine, like nine matches. That's that's perfectly fine. And you know, just go home. Like, don't micromanage matches. Like. Put two guys together, give them 15, 20 minutes, and just let them go. Let them, let them blow the roof off of the TD Garden, because that's where SummerSlam's going to be in Boston this year. All right, so those are our picks for WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, I will break them down for you. So my picks are Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Aleister Black, uh, Bliss and Cross, Miz and Morrison, Street Profit, Sami Zayn, The Fiend, Kevin Owens, The Undertaker, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler, Edge, Braun Strowman, and Brock Lesnar. Brandon, his picks, Otis, Baron Corbin, Aleister Black, Bliss and Cross, The Uso, Street Profits, Daniel Bryan, The Fiend, Kevin Owens, Undertaker, Sasha Banks, Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, Edge, Braun Strowman, and Brock Lesnar. Remember, whoever gets the uh, Goldberg, well, we both picked the same guy for the Goldberg thing. You know, we get two extra points there. All right, our promo pick of the week is The Rock's concert from Monday Night Raw, uh, March 24th of 2003, and Stone Cold crashes it. This is the go-home show to WrestleMania 19. Rock and Austin, one last time, uh, you know, getting in front of each other on, on the shtick, you know, just going at it, man. What are your thoughts? Well, this one is near and dear to my heart. Not because of what actually took place, but what happened outside. Because I was watching this as a young kid. I was ready to see the rock concerts, see what was going to happen. And then my brother ended up swallowing pretty much a marble. We'll just say a marble. And we had to go to the hospital so we can you know, get it checked out. And I missed the rock concert because my dumb little brother ate a marble. There you go. Well, he's lucky to be alive. You know, it came out two to three days later, and you know how that happened. Well, well, did he? Uh, did, did you give him a stunner for it? A rock bottom, a people's elbow, something. I, I could not, because I think at this point he's three. Oh, all right. When he got a little older, did you give him a Tanguma splash? Yes, of course. You know, we we put on many five star classics in the living room. Man, same here, man. Me and my homeboy. You know, I uh, I, I legit got kicked in the face once. And he was he was worried, and I'm like, nah, man, finish the match, you know. I had, I had to put him over that night, you know. Got to got to take care of business. All right, closing match pick of the week, Brandon. What is it? Well, we got to go back to WrestleMania 22 on this day, 14 years ago, as we talked about WrestleMania 22. Edge taking on Mick Foley. This was, as we thought, the last WrestleMania ever to take place, not inside a stadium, but. Now we got a wrestling, a WrestleMania inside the Performance Center. So uh, Edge and McFoley, they've talked about this match many times in the buildup with Edge and Randy Orton. This match, really good, very spotty, and I think this is uh, kind of a formula for what these matches at WrestleMania need to be. Just very spotty, very short. Don't you know? try to milk it too long. Just get in, get out, 10, 12 minutes. I think that's kind of the sweet spot for a lot of these matches. Flaming tables galore. And Lita, gotta love Lita. 
Gotta love Lita. Gotta love it. Oh uh, yeah, I've seen this match uh, once in its entirety, and I I really did enjoy it. And I think uh, the, just the flaming table spot has been used so many times in video packages and highlights of either man's career. And you know, this is when Edge was undefeated at WrestleMania. His streak would eventually end to the master of the streak at the at, uh, WrestleMania, The Undertaker, two years later at 24 in the main event, the last match on the show for the big gold, the world title. That was an amazing night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, follow us on Twitter, at BulletCast, Instagram, the BulletCast, YouTube channel, the BulletCast. Email us, BulletCast2 is in the number two suite, SWET at gmail.com, 99.9 FM KW in Watsonville every Friday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. We're not going to be on there this week because we were cussing up a storm. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, and Patreon. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleMania is this weekend. Watch it. Escape from the times and everything that's going around uh, our nation and the world. Bullycast titles on the line. The number one title in all of digital media audio. Does Brandon become a record nine-time Bullycast champion, tying Jericho for nine Intercontinental titles? Or do I hang in there with my eighth Bullycast title reign? I'm, I'm like Harley. You know, he was an eight-time NWA champ. I'm an eight-time Bullycast champion. I love everything about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you Saturday and Sunday night. Back-to-back recaps of WrestleMania. It's one that we'll never, ever, ever forget. When your face is in the dirt, you'll know your death is what I seek. We are the elite. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.